what I'm talking about here is truly software. Some of it can be seen and it's in the form of chatbots interacting with you as a patient or a clinician or a back office administrator. And then the other form is unseen. It just happens. Hello and welcome to Cast. I'm Susan Morse, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. Today we have Emily Fry, who is Vice President of Innovation Operations at Geisinger in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role there? Sure. Um, I'm the Vice President of Operations for the Steele Institute for Health Innovation at Geisinger. Uh, Geisinger is a large integrated network based in Pennsylvania. We care for our patients, we teach, we innovate, we research, and we also have a health plan. So we manage the total cost of care for our patients. Um, The Steele Institute was formed about five years ago to really become a vehicle for innovation, pulling in a collaborative model to test things like AI and what we're gonna talk, I think a little bit about today in the automation realm. Yes. Uh, Automation has become huge, especially in the revenue cycle. How are you using it at Geisinger? Yeah, we are using it. uh, Pick a topic and automation has an applicability to it. Um, It really is a diverse uh, asset and tool for the organization to help solve problems across the spectrum from patient care interactions to back office operations. Can you give an example, especially of patient care? Sure. So obviously the bots are not doing the patient care. We are allowing our clinicians and providers to focus on patient care and and working with the patients and freeing them up from some of those things like documentations um, in the back end and allowing automation to interact with patients to get care quicker. Uh, so an example, we, we've been doing a lot of work lately with nursing audits. It's important to be auditing the patients you have in their rooms um, across the, the floor to make sure that their needs are being taken care of. Um, and so our nurse managers are actually auditing, you know, are we doing our two hour turns in the appropriate time frame? So as that example, you know, are we checking our patients' weights? we can allow the automation to do some of those audits, take that responsibility away from the nurse manager and prompt them when we need to focus. When when does the nurse have to get involved more hands-on? Yeah, so the nurse manager actually, what the bot will do is it will prompt them that something hasn't been done in an appropriate time frame and allow them to focus their attention and care to a specific individual in a timely manner. So prompting them before it passes that certain uh, time frame where, where we should be giving that care to the patient. Got it. When did this start? Was this all part of a strategic plan? How did it come about? Yeah, in 2019, we decided that uh, automation, which has been around in the, the industry and beyond the healthcare industry for many, many years, but really uh, lacked its use in and um, adoption in healthcare. So we decided in 2019 that we were going to search for a partner to, to start our automation journey, uh, which included building a strategic plan, where were we gonna focus our attention first and, and building out the team. 
And ultimately we selected UiPath as our, our software vendor and partner that we were going to collaborate with. And then I worked to build the team up to be able to service the organization and deliver those automations. What um, was revenue cycle already automated? So it's interesting. There's there's automation has been around and there's forms of it based in native systems. So there were pieces of revenue cycle that were automated, but we definitely had an opportunity to continue those uh, automations and expand upon what was already there. What what did you face as challenges or something that, you know, maybe you, you thought would be easy to do and wasn't? Or I'm just trying to... Uh, get out there for other health systems thinking about doing this, what they should look for? Yeah, I think the most challenging um, aspect of automation globally, just as a as you start your program, was the, the change management and the education and adoption of it. We often think of uh, and right, you know, you'll see billboards out there that AI and automation are taking your jobs away. Um, that is not the case. And so it's reinforcing the fact that there's so much that automation can do with you in partnership and make your job better. So we think about those very redundant tasks, putting together reports and, and how can we leverage automation to take some of that away and allow us to critically think and enjoy those, those strategic skill sets, um, and put them to good use in an organization. So, it's really focusing on what you your core skill sets and taking away those mundane, mundane tasks. And especially in healthcare, we're never going to take away the, the need for a direct patient care and provide, provider-patient yes. relationship. Yeah, as you said, it's more the back-end operations that need to be done and, and making sure they're done. I imagine because there's such a labor shortage, has this helped with that? Yeah, we've absolutely seen um, an increase in capacity by our staff because we have things that they used to have to do being taken over by automation and then freeing them up to increase their capacity with, with the caseload they're working with, as an example, or transitions of care. We've built a bot to help with, as you think about discharge and, and enrollment, and if they have to go to a post-acute care facility, there's a, there's a lot of pieces where automation can become a connector to those disparate systems. And how has it helped the patient and patient experience? So it, it's made things happen quicker. Um, as an yeah, example, yeah. we've had a, a bot we used during COVID to help get uh, results back to the patient in a timely manner. And it allowed to um, offer a diverse communication channel, set of communication channels that they can use. So, you know, I prefer a text message. You prefer a call. I prefer to look into my medical record for my result. No matter the communication channel, within 24 hours of your result being ready, um, it, it was available to you in one form or fashion. Um, and automation allowed us to do that very quickly. Um, I imagine staff has become more productive because they don't have to spend their time doing the mundane things. Can you talk about that? Any other uh, advantages of having this for staff? Sure. Um, it's it's not just about the productivity. I think it's about the redesign of our tasks. As we think about a day where we have automation almost becoming a colleague to us, um, what does that look like and what can I take away from my day-to-day -day job 
but also then what can I fill my day with? There's so much work to be done uh, across the healthcare system. And, and as we think about what our new roles will be in the future in healthcare, um, automation allows us to get creative in that. Um, of course, this is for healthcare finance news. We always talk about finances. Have you found an ROI with this? Has it helped to save money? Yes, absolutely. Automation comes in a number of forms. So for our finance folks, we think about revenue, there, but there's also a value in the cost savings and avoidance that comes along with this. From an experience, we, we see when people are happier in their jobs, you have less attrition and therefore the costs to recruit go down, the costs to um, backfill or, or even train new staff, that goes down. So there's so much um, value that's really tangible and right, right in front of you as far as the number of hours that a bot has worked, you can track that. So it's trackable and you get report cards from your bots, but then also there's so much of these these qualitative pieces, which ultimately factor in to financial value in the downstream. So I think for the finance folks out there, there's certainly a value to automation in your organization, and it's just leveraging it um, and understanding all of those uh, both direct impacts and downstream impacts. And you talk about bots, and I picture something out of the Jetsons, this little thing on wheels, but can you please describe what what do these bots look like? Are they just software or, or what are they? Some of them are seen and some of them are unseen. So it's certainly not a vehicle we can get into. We talk about, and I, I try to steer away from the term bots, but it's so natural to go back to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> automation is really what I'd like to term it because we think there are robots that we're starting to test in different facilities. So robots are, are, are starting to help our workforce as well. But automations, what I'm talking about here is truly software. Some of it can be seen and it's in the form of chatbots interacting with you as a patient or a clinician or a back office administrator. And then the other form is unseen. It just happens and a task is done for you. So when you go to the next step of your job, something was already completed. Um, it, it, it's not something that you'll even think about until it's not completed. Until Right. And, and then it'll tell you. Yes. That's <laughs> done. And what's next for innovation at Geisinger? We have a number of things to do in the automation realm, and that's expanding its capabilities. So I talked a little bit about chatbot, conversational AI, expanding our communications and use cases in automation is a big focus for us coming into 2023. How can we embed it into our inpatient settings as we create these hospital rooms of the future, allowing you to use an Alexa-like device to talk to and, and rather than pushing a call button, alert your nurse that you need something or you need food and what type of food rather than having to pick up the phone. Looking at how we engage and expand our chronic disease management and care at home, Geisinger has always been... Um, it, I shouldn't say always, Geisinger has been very heavy emphasis of care, managing the total cost of care at any point in your patient journey. And that means because we are an integrated health delivery system, we've been building out our hospital at home programs and our, our what we call Geisinger at home programs for many years. And it's expanding that with the technologies that are ever growing today, like remote patient devices, 
um, connectivity capabilities. And so that we don't have to necessarily even get go to the home, we can interact with that patient uh, as they're sitting in their home and we are in a facility uh, across our, our network. Um, is that acute care at home, Emily? It, it, there's multiple layers to it. And from a population health spectrum, there's acute care at home, but then we can manage some of those comorbid patients or chronic conditions that may need longer care um, with remote devices as well and start embedding and, and continue to embed the, the healthy behaviors, which get into maintenance and prevention. Um, so I think of the acute care uh, work as as something that helps with post-discharge as well as some of those acute exasper- exacerbations and needs. But we also want to think about the full spectrum of care across our populations. And that's huge. Hospital at home has become so huge uh, under COVID and, and beyond. Emily, it's been a pleasure having you with Hymnscast. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. So nice to be here. 